This is the World Industrial News for Wednesday, August 17th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to Part 12 of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Well, the, the reason I broke it down into three reasons is that the grid's a very complex thing. It's, it's all connected together. So a uh, earthquake in Southern California can cause a power plant in Utah to, to die. So I wanted to break it down into really simple what we have to do. Resiliency means we have to be able to withstand very large nonlinear events. Those today are primarily the weather. They could be wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, fires, could be any of those. Resiliency is the term used in the industry that says we need to operate as best we can through these large nonlinear events. The second thing is we have to be able to get the power from where it's generated to where it is used. Most of the ideas behind sustainability is we're going to use more renewable power. The renewable power is primarily, in this country, solar and wind. The great resources for solar and wind don't happen to be in the cities. So somehow we have to get that power from places like Western Kansas to Seattle. The third thing is that we simply can't operate the way we always have. In the past, a lot of the stability comes from over-design. But in the new world, we have limited resources and we have to use a bare minimum of those. The most powerful tool we have available is new technology. And that's why I broke it down into basically three different buckets. Perfect. Thank you, Pat. That definitely lays a foundation for this discussion, and it opens the door for for many questions, I'm sure. Mona, can you talk to us about the infrastructure bill, the breakdown, you know, what it contains, what it means for utilities throughout the U.S.? Absolutely, Megan. Um, And before I do so, I'd love to take a moment and step back and just appreciate this historic moment in time. Uh, The last time we had an infrastructure bill of this magnitude was likely under FDR, the New Deal. And so we are looking at $1.2 trillion in total spending. That's $550 billion in new spending, new spending that addresses many of the issues that that Pat just outlined. Um, And when we're thinking about infrastructure, the definition of infrastructure has expanded greatly in our time. What used to just mean roads, bridges, highways. And now this infrastructure bill encompasses transportation, transit, energy, water sectors, uh, the utility uh, grid, and also thinking about environmental uh, environmental elements um, that are part of our uh, overall national infrastructure. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. 
Washington's efforts to lower the price of commodities to curb inflation may have some support by way of a return to the Iranian nuclear agreement, but swift implementation may rest in the hands of a deeply divided Congress. Former U.S. President Barack Obama called the Iranian nuclear agreement, formerly the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, a substantial diplomatic achievement when it entered into force in July of 2015. The agreement saw Iran forfeit its nuclear ambitions in exchange for better access to the global market. That meant one of the founding members of the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries was free to put its estimated 2.5 million barrels of oil per day on the market. First Energy Corporation, historically a coal-focused power generation company, is adding solar to its portfolio as it revamps its infrastructure across large swaths of its service area. Industrial Info is tracking more than $750 million worth of active projects from First Energy, more than half of which is attributed to transmission and distribution projects. First Energy recently wrapped up a closure of an ash landfill at a former coal-fired plant, which the company plans to repurpose as a utility-scale solar facility. Monpower is planning five solar facilities across West Virginia as part of a new statewide solar program. In July, First Energy filed for the second phase of its grid modernization program in Ohio, which follows a series of system upgrades the company completed across the state starting in 2019. When most U.S. hydrocarbon leaders step outside their industry, they see one dominant cultural and political narrative about energy. Hydrocarbons are bad. Any effort to change the public's view of hydrocarbon companies, particularly natural gas companies, has to start by addressing the public's emotional issues like clean air, clean water, safe streets, good schools, well-paying jobs, and improved quality of life. Oil and gas leaders told an interview conference in Denver on August 15th. Oil and gas is under constant attack in Colorado. Dan Haley, president and chief executive of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association, told about 185 attendees at the 18th annual LDC Gas Forum's Rockies and the West Conference, which is sponsored by Access Intelligence, LLC. One of the reasons for this is that the other side came to the public with messaging built on emotions like fear. Unfortunately, we responded with white papers from Harvard. And renewable energy is expected to account for 22% of U.S. power generation in 2022 and 24% in 2023, up from 20% in both 2021 and 2020, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration's August Short-Term Energy Outlook. According to the agency, the U.S. added 15 gigawatts of new utility-scale power generation capacity in the first half of the year, and could add another 29.4 gigawatts in the second half, led by solar and wind. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.